1: All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night,
2: September 7th, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, wearing, representing the t-shirt of the smartest professional wrestler currently in the business today, the American Nightmare Nightmare Cody Rhodes, which is going to be relevant a little bit later on tonight because there is a lot going on in the world of uh, professional wrestling. The last 72 hours, the last 5 days have been crazy. Uh, I'm going to go around the room and, and you know just kind inv- of you know, introduce everybody like I normally do from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, the Minister of Truth. Mr. Rob, sir, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. And Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, Jason, how's your night, sir? Oh, it is excellent. I am excited to crack a lock in with you gentlemen. Oh, my God, if we got a lot to talk about. We had Clash at the Castle Saturday for WWE. We had Worlds Collide on Sunday, and we had what was supposed to be all out for AEW. Um, things fell apart for for that little company in Jacksonville on Sunday night. Uh, the fallout over the last three days has been Absolutely incredible. We're going to break that up in the second half of the show. We're going to start off tonight talking a little bit of Clash at the Castle. Um, and I'm going to lead off here saying, all in all, man, I think WWE, in Triple H's first official pay-per-view on his own, knocked it out of the park. Rob, what do you think? I'm going to catch him yeah. as he's putting food in his mouth.
3: Yeah, as I'm, as I'm eating a french fry. <laughs> um, he did. And this was, like, this, was, this was the first one that was completely his. Um, and I mean, he did an excellent job here, so Definitely smooth sailing and A-plus for the whole weekend
2: Yeah, yeah, Clash of the Castle didn't have a bad match the whole night Like, there were some matches I liked much better than others But I didn't, usually with WWE, there's one match where I'm like, ah, that one didn't hit with me Every single match on Saturday night hit Jason, what do you think? Uh, well, I didn't watch
4: it live because I was at work, um, and then you know the main event concluded around dinner time on a Saturday, which was part of my thing going into it. Roman's not going to lose at five, at dinner time on the, on a random Saturday. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's ro- It's it was Drew. It was you know the UK. Anything could happen. Let's get crazy, Bubba. But at the end of that show, uh, well, once I finished watching it and once I listened to you know seeing everyone live, tweet it while I was at work. And hearing you guys talk about it in the chat and all that stuff, that was a like that was a big four, if not WrestleMania level show. In just in terms of the maybe not the match card, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you had some more matches, but in any case, the quality of the the match card, the quality of the matches, the set was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and yeah, they they just. They were all hands on deck. Let's put our best foot forward in the first real new show of the Triple H era, and so far so good. They're they're cruising.
2: Yeah, and it was a you know their reintroduction to the UK market. The uh, first pay per view since uh, SummerSlam '92, and you know they heavily touted that one. And I, like you said, man, I think they hit a home run. You know, there's some things that I could you know from a booking standpoint kind of question. As we move forward here a little bit tonight, the first one that I'll get, and I mentioned this on the, the pre-show last week, was um, Judgment Day. I really felt like Judgment Day had to win on Saturday, or else send these guys down the river, split them up on Monday night. That obviously did not happen in the post-match shenanigans. Uh, Dominic turned on Ray and absolutely clotheslined him out of his out of his mask. Uh, it Figuratively speaking, it was incredible to watch. It's probably the best move I've seen Dominic do in forever. Um, now fully aligning himself with Judgment Day, and you know Rhea Ripley, supposedly you know seemingly under her spell. So d- does this help infuse some life into Judgment Day? Is my question to you guys? No. Yeah, do you think they're still... <laughs> Dude, this, this shit sucks. I'm sorry.
4: I hate saying <laughs> it because it involves a bunch of my favorite people. But it just sucks. I, I I have no interest in Dominic whatsoever as this, like, oh, once we get Dominic on our side, then you guys will fucking really start, know Start taking
2: up. it seriously. Yeah. You
4: have the first ever universal champion who can turn into a demon person, and you have one of... The better, and, and in my opinion, one of my favorite women's wrestlers on the roster. And you also have Damian Priest, which I, I, I struggle to put him on that same level, so I'm not hesitating to, and I'm not calling him a bum or whatever, but it's a little different because he hasn't really done that much compared to the other two, it just right. in terms of belts and programs and whatnot.
2: But he should so, be a legit threat.
5: Yeah, he
4: he should be, and the guy can go. And of the three of them, he's definitely the heavy, so he's gonna get some more play. That that configuration of folks with just Rhea, Damian, and Finn just have Finn and Edge figure it out. Have Finn and Edge book the friggin' rivalry at this point, because I just we we it's it's two steps for it's two steps forwards and like. I don't know, one, one nine-tenth step back, it seems like. Oh, something cool happened, and they lost again. Oh, yeah. but they got this guy, and they lost again. Oh, but they got this guy, and they beat up this guy, and they lost again. Whatever, man. I don't give a shit.
5: Yeah.
4: And it sucks, because <laughs> Finn is one of my favorite guys in the whole company. So
2: right.
3: it sucks, it blows, everything.
2: Rob, any thoughts here? Um.
3: Well, all right, because when the match ended, I said they're, they're done because they lost. They lost clean, and then we thought Dominic might, you know, turn. And and he did turn after the match, but, you know, he helped Ray and Edge win the match, right? Yeah, that was a little odd. So I figured that was the end of it. Um, I figured, okay, well, you know, the, they're not going to do the turn. Dominic helped them win. He showed his loyalty and all that good stuff. Well, this and then that's a wrap. So then he did the turn, and you know I think that revived things a little bit for me, but again, like I keep saying, you know, and I just you know this is just from looking at traffic or whatever, but also kind of my feelings um when edge is involved, it hits when edge when edge is not involved, it's like okay, whatever, and they do take they take losses. I mean, they've lost in the last two pay-per-view matches, and and the only time they win, they you know they win these kind of you know almost meaningless TV matches, and then they lose on a pay-per-view.
4: How many la- How many pay-per-views is that in a row?
3: Um, two because they lost here, they lost at SummerSlam, they weren't they weren't on Money in the Bank. Oh yeah, um, that's so um, but it's, it's
2: like they're winning these little skirmishes, but they're not winning the war.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and now, like you said, now we're supposed to believe that Dominic is this threat. I mean, Dominic, you know?
4: Doug, we were just talking about, like, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, ten weeks ago. Oh, you didn't even come out to the ring to do it? You pussy. And, um... We'll talk about that in uh, the
2: second half of the show, but, yeah. Yeah, pre-recorded
3: bullshit, you loser. Um, uh, uh, But, anyway... Oh, you talking about Tony? Yeah, because no, they're having a tournament for a world champion. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but, um, okay. And Dominic is one of those people who, you know, he's, you know, his offense don't look like it hurts. <laughs> There's not a damn thing he does look like it hurts. Yeah. And none of it does. And it all looks just soft and ineffective. That clothesline he hit uh, Ray with, that's like the first move I've ever seen him do that actually looked like it, it had something on it. Ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Dom, you got to learn to put some stink on it, man.
3: Yeah. And um, so the idea that he is somehow the ace in the hole, um, yeah. And uh, so I'm so we're to me we're back again to the basically to the to the one question: Is Beth Phoenix coming back to fight Rhea Ripley?
2: Hey, sign me up for it.
3: I mean, that's that's really the only thing that matters at this point. Yeah. Right. If she's coming back to fight Rhea Ripley, great. Okay. And we just got to kill a few weeks until whenever they're going to do it. Um, if she's not, then okay. I mean, do we really want the Ray Dominic match?
2: Not right now. I, I, mean, I think I think if you do that, Ray is going to Ray is going to make that boy look real bad.
3: Yeah, and to me, that's the thing you do. You have it at WrestleMania and then that's where they kind of sell their differences and they hug it out and then they're father and son again right
1: yeah
3: um i don't think we're doing that i mean oh man i mean it's just
2: but do you so, drag that out for six months until wrestlemania
3: oh good lord i hope
2: not. like is there is there really six months where no, no, would no. you sit through six months of that no
3: nope. no that would nope. be no 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 not at all yeah um no so i don't know why, why are they doing it in September, I do not know. Um, to me, that's a thing you do in March, and then you yeah. have a match at WrestleMania, and then they hug it out, and then everything's cool. Everything's it.
5: good again. Um, yeah.
3: You don't – I mean, you don't do – I mean,
5: And
3: doing that in Sorry. September, I mean, I mean that means we've got we're got three months of house shows with, you know, Ray and Dominic. <laughs> hey. <laughs>
5: um,
3: no thanks. So, yeah, um – Um, yeah, it's just, I'm not as down on them as Jason is, but now to me, this just seems like, well, well, um, they need something to do. (laughs) Let's
2: just keep it going. What are we doing,
4: man? What are we doing?
2: All right, let's move on. I want to move into the, uh, Liv Morgan-Shayna Baszler match. Uh, this was one that last week, none of us really had a whole lot to say. We have talked at great length about Liv Morgan on this podcast. I have talked at great length about Liv Morgan on other podcasts. I got to say, Saturday night, Liv Morgan looked real damn good. Her and Shayna Bays were put on a fine wrestling match. It looked good. It was believable. It's one of the better outings I've seen from Liv. Um, and she she got a fairly clean win, which was surprising. Like, you know, Rob was kind of worried about the, uh, you know, the slip-on-a-banana-peel finish like we have with cool. Ronda – and now she went out there. She she beat Shayna fairly clean, and and looked pretty good doing it. Um, I, I know Rob has a <clears throat> has an opinion about <laughs> about this match. I'm going to let him <laughs> air air his laundry here real quick before we get to Jason. Um, it's just that um, if you had any
3: hope of any type of resurgence for Shayna Baszler, I think that 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 match showed that that ship has is not it, it, it that ship ain't that dog ain't hunting. Um. <laughs> That, um, and look, you know, look, this is what happens on the roster. Decisions get made about people. Um, and I know some people were hopeful that this was maybe a beginning of some type of booking turnaround for her, even if she didn't win, right? But the way she lost, like, she lost, like, you're playing 2K. Like, you hit the signature, then you hit the finisher one, two, three. Yep. And, um, that basically means she, she's cooked um and that means if you were looking for some type of maybe you know bang up feud with Rhonda, i don't think that's going to be a thing i think the most you're going to get with her and Rhonda is they're they're going to be tagged they're going to well they've teamed up on some house shows i think the most you're going to get now is they're going to team up on some more house shows and shana's going to take the pin if they lose um and i just think that's that's what it is um the die has been cast um so and look i was never expecting Shane to be like no you know multiple time women's champion or whatever but i think it's safe to say that she might be like a zero time women's champion now based on that result cuz yeah that that's a um that's a jobber of the month or a opponent of the month type of loss that
2: wow you know, rob or, taking a real hard line in the sand here i'm I mean, come on now. She I mean, again, it was like 2K
3: signature finisher one, two, three. <laughs> that's not, you know, wasn't no, you know, and
4: yeah, but that's what Liv needed at this point.
3: And I'm sorry it was Shayna,
4: but we, we've all been saying, like, hey, let's get a clean well, win here. Let's get it. <clears throat> exactly. There you go. And you got it. I'm sorry. And I'm not kind of like coming at you, Rob. I'm just coming at the whole situation because well, uh, yeah. I agree with you. Like, she's pretty much. Heat her up for a month and let the baby face of the week take her down. And yeah. well, and, the, and the problem is they well it's
3: just that now we're going on two years of that. If, if this was the first time it happened, that's different. But this is now it's it's a pattern for two years. Um. And so I mean,
4: and, and the last uh, time she the last time she was remotely any sort of threat was when she was a tag team champion with Nia.
3: And yeah, and they did really good. And yeah. if, by, if by some chance they bring back Nia Jax. Put them back together. Um, yeah, give her some. Uh, um, but as far as winning a single championship, um, that was a that was a big sign that that no, it ain't happening. Um, the only way to turn that around is she would have to literally have to, you know, win the title from Liv in the next couple of weeks. Um, other than that, um, yeah, and I'm saying this because when pe- people said this after WrestleMania 36, when she lost to Becky, there were people saying that that all she was. Now, there have been people who've been saying that she's been cooked ever since then. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I, always, I always thought those people were kind of overreacting, but <clears throat> now, I mean...
2: Now the writing's I, on the wall.
3: At, I mean, yeah, as a single, it, it's pretty... And it's just, like, Shana, you know, is one of the people who, I mean, can legit... Look, there's one woman on that roster right now that she can't legit whoop in a fight, okay? <laughs> I mean, and... You know, and then... You know, she's somebody who, you know, I mean, it, 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 well, it, it kind of sucks.
5: Yeah.
3: It sucks for her. And, and so at this point, look, I mean, she's making good money. If she's happy with things, then that's cool. Uh I wouldn't dare tell her to not be happy if she's okay with things. Um And also, I guess, you know, she's kind of, well, she's kind of up there age wise. So she doesn't really have, we never know how long they're going to go, but. She's 42 years old.
2: I did not realize Shanna Baszler was that old. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I learned something tonight.
3: So
4: Yeah, that was part of my reasoning of like, yeah, well, that's why she's kind of on the, you know, downward edge of things. But at the same time, in wrestling, it's very easy to tell the how Steve or how Stella got her groove back story. And all you have to do is prop up some sort of champion that... That you got some sort of or beef with or whatever, you could heat up and recover her with a with a Ronda Rousey match pretty easily if you want to do one last run or whatever with Shayna, but I'm with Rob. It's kind of, yeah. At this point, as much as we said yes, it's got to be a clean loss because by the way, when Liv locked in that armbar bar, I, I popped to the moon. I did Cause too. I was like, because it, it was number one. It was a nice looking armbar. It looked good. Slap that. She's silky smooth. Slapped that right in and started tugging
2: for all she was worth. God damn it! Yep, it was believable. It looked like it, and she sold it. She said, "Yo, yeah, it was great." And like you said, that's the best I've seen Liv look in a while. Real, I, I'm always impressed when somebody proves me wrong. And yep. Saturday was definitely a day for Liv to say, "Oh, you, you don't think I'm that good, aren't you? Do you?" And and, yep. and show me that she's better than than I think she is sometimes. It's funny how she does that every time, just by 10 or 20%, but she'll right. like, you know,
4: always just like, oh, how far can babyface Live go? And then the next match happens, and we're like, well, she can go a little further, I guess. Yeah.
2: All right, so, so we got hey. some more mileage out of Live this weekend. Uh, we'll see how right. that continues to progress. Pals, I got to go right into this one. I have seen a lot of great professional wrestling matches this year. I witnessed, for me personally, the match of the year on Saturday night with Sheamus and Gunther. Last week, I said on this show that I hope those two just deliver a meaty men slapping meat spectacular. I love it when a match exceeds my expectations, and they they both did. What an absolute classic! And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little jab out here. Bret Hart was in attendance. They made a big spectacle about Bretton Davies' Intercontinental Championship match at SummerSlam 92. This is how you honor and represent a legend in the industry. You go out and pay respect to a fantastic, classic match that he had by going out and having a spectacular, fantastic, classic match of your own, not by having one of his matches recreated hold for hold. Yep. It was beautiful. It uh it was.
4: for nothing. The way the way that match started was amazing. First of all, we, Imperium, whether it's for one night or not, um, we, we remains to be seen. I, I didn't watch all of NXT. Was Gio back on NXT like nothing happened?
3: Uh I didn't I didn't see I didn't watch I fell asleep okay. on NXT. Yes, well, but.
4: maybe we'll find out Saturday or someone will tweet us and be like, Hey you dummies. Um, but anyway. Just even, and they left it open ended. Um, That was the best part. Commentary did it perfectly. They were like, "Oh, you know." They basically said Cole or whoever was just boiled it down to: Sheamus has a crew. Uh, Walter, or excuse me, uh, Gunther has a he had a crew, so he called them and said, "Hey, can you back me up?" We don't we don't know if that's for one night or for one month or for one year. But anyway, the whole entrance was incredible just to see it on the main roster, and then it immediately starts with uh, Butch and Ridge and Fabian and uh, Kaiser like immediately just start brawling, and they brawl into the back. But the best part is Seamus and Gunther are standing in the middle of the ring, just locked eyes, and they don't even start fighting or dare start doing anything until the boys are all the way back in the back. That was just poetic, like violent...
3: Poetry
2: yeah the the whole thing was cinema it was art
3: yeah yeah and And, um
2: go ahead Rob I'm sorry oh
3: well because whether it was for one off or not it it was perfect to have him there because I mean you need three guys to fight the other three
5: right
3: and I'm I'm and I'm really hoping that you know even if it's just a temporary thing uh, please do stick stick around long enough to have a a six-man tag or something you know
4: well Hey, if they can find a fourth, we or a fourth or maybe a fifth, we could get some bloodline action going.
3: Yeah. Um, but oh man, yeah, this one
4: call Wolfgang back. Where's he at?
3: I, I have no idea. But um uh, Yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely like 'cause this one, like the Cody and Seth thing was in you know, that was in the cell and they had a bunch of gimmicks and all that stuff. And then the Roman and Brock thing, SummerSlam, same thing. Get the tractor and you had a bunch of gimmicks and all of that. Um so this one was just two guys. Just going straight up and they beat the hell out of each other it did not disappoint um and i was so happy sheamus got the standing ovation right you know I, and i was rooting hard for him to win but you know if you want to lose with honor that was that was, you know i mean that was the way to do it and you know if they want to run it back I'd be more than happy to watch him do it again.
2: Absolutely, I would too.
3: And um, still, so I'm just still hoping Seamus gets, you know, that, that he gets that Intercontinental title at some point. Even if it's not off of Gunther, then you know, sometime down or not too far down the road. Um, and look, I still say you can have him. You can have him win, especially with the extreme rules coming up. You can have some type of gimmick match where he doesn't have to pin Gunther, and you know, and and he he could win it there and then and gunther can just win it back at you know the saudi thing or whatever right
5: right I,
3: you know i just yeah i just really want the man to get that one last title and man that that yeah that I mean that match was i mean i was like watching one of those you know the stan hansen terry gordy type of deals from you know all japan you know
2: it was an old school fight feel man yeah it really yeah. was and i love the story that they were telling with every time, Seamus went for the ten beats of the Bowery, Gunther found a way to get out of it. Like he, they teased it like, and that's not even his finish, which is the best part of it. You know, usually you tease the finish, so they teased the ten beats like what four or five times in the match before he finally got it on him, and then he got it on him twice. He got him one in the ring and then one over. <laughs> By the side of the by the by the by the fans at the barricade, which he just started wailing. I and mean, I think he beat him like 13 or 14 times before Gunther finally pulled away. It was absolutely incredible. I was, dude, I was like up off the couch for this match. Yeah, man, it, oh. man,
3: oh yeah,
4: violence. Like violence is always always the way to do it. it and it's Sheamus is
2: such an incredible storyteller. Like he really yeah. is. He just he had all the facial expressions. Like there was one point where he's just like. He's got that doubt. He's like, "What do I got to do to even?" Because at one point, Gunther was just kept cutting him off. As like he would start to rally, would start to rally, and Gunther would cut him off. And Sheamus was first, he was getting frustrated. Then he was getting, you know, the self doubt set in, and then he finally, he, he finally rallied and he, he hulked back up, for lack of a better word. And it just, God, I would now I want to go back and watch the match.
5: Yeah,
2: <laughs> go back and watch yeah, it man, again probably it was- tomorrow night.
4: Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was only just shy of
2: 20 minutes, 1933, and that's all it needed to be. Yep, yep. And they told such an incredible story. So, um, I caught, I was about 10 or 15 minutes late to the whole show, so I caught, like, the last five or 10 minutes of the women's six, uh, the six-woman tag match at the beginning, because it opened with um, Bianca, Asuka, and, uh, Jesus Alexa. Alexa Bliss versus Dakota Kai, Io Sky and uh, Bailey. Um, that match ended. I was a little surprised that Bianca took the pin. We all thought that Alexa Bliss was going to eat the pin on uh, on Saturday, and that did not happen. Well, well, now they've made it a plot point, though. Exactly, so, and I thought it was yeah. very smart booking. Um, yep. You know, it it took three finishers to put Bianca down, which is yep. incredible. <clears throat> totally fine. So. Um, all right. Yeah.
5: Oh, wow.
2: What
3: what's up? guess uh, this is a tweet from our guy Steven. Um MJF absolutely buries AEW and puts over WWE. On TV? Yes, on the mic.
2: Oh Jesus. That's why man. you don't hand people alive, Mike. Oh, boy. That's why you don't do that. We, we are definitely going to talk about the inmates running the asylum, sure. but I want to get into the main <laughs> event of Clash at the Castle before we go to a commercial break. Yeah. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre tore the house down, man. For, for his good, and believe me, my match of the night was Gunther and Sheamus, but just a hair below that in terms of physicality and storytelling was Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. That match was. I mean, when Roman came out alone, um, that was that was quite the image. And I mean, it immediately tipped you off that something is happening tonight because there's no way. I I just don't think Roman loses without any sort of protection at the very least. Like he's not losing clean. That's gonna. That's. I don't know. But in yeah. any case. When he came out and drew okay, and I, I might have been reading into things, but some people agree with me. When he came out with no gear and just the sword, and he did his entrance, he did it, whatever, but it, it just i I had Thunder Rosa flashbacks all over again. Remember that from a couple months back? Yeah. When she was probably told that she was losing like five minutes before she walked out the curtain.
5: Yeah.
4: He had he had a little boo-boo face on. Um but credit, he did an awesome match. He definitely put it away as soon as the bell rang because he had an awesome match. And then, as might not have been mid, meant for TV, but that closing segment was fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: I, Lance Storm posted something on Twitter about a year ago, and I wished I hadn't read it because now I look for it. He was threw a little insider thing out there. He's like, you can always tell when somebody does their entrance and they've got the boo boo face that you know they're gonna lose. And now I look for it when, when people are coming out, I'm like, do they have the face of the map? Like I said, I wish I'd never seen it. Drew definitely had that face on Saturday night. Like he probably found out probably an hour before match times. like, okay, here's the finish, here's what we're doing. And he probably thought to himself, that stinks. Couldn't we have found a, a better way? I'm, I'm, I'm in Cardiff, I'm, I'm home, you know, these are my people and you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to go over, but was there a different way out of this? Maybe a disqual, maybe a count out, something like that. No, it was uh, aside from the you know the the debut I mean, and interference of Solo Sokoa, it was a fairly clean win. You know, obviously uh, there were some shenanigans, but it was still a there was a one two three pin at the end of that match.
4: Yeah, I feel like that there was a. Uh, the whole way they laid the match out with how they tease the Claymore, tease the Claymore, tease the Claymore, Roman right. blocks it, Roman blocks it, Roman misses it, Roman dodges it. You know, he doesn't quite leave his feet because Roman did something. Right. Um, and then when he finally nails it, I think, I mean, yes, it happened because of outside interference, but it wasn't like there was this, you know, Usos hit him with a chair, and, right. you know, they didn't, him overbook, it. In his eye. They didn't right. overbook it at all. And they gave it
2: they got him as close to that win clean as they could. You, you know, what's great like, about that match and the 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 storytelling in the uh, the Seamus and Gunther match. It's literally Hogan and Andre. Like Rob mm-hmm. has told this, you know, on this show before Hogan and Andre spent the entire match teasing the body slam. Like, you knew the body slam was the thing. You knew the body slam was going to pop the crowd. That's what it was for Gunther and Sheamus, but the body slam was the 10 beats, and the Claymore was that. So it's a classic wrestling story, and it still ropes me in every single time.
3: Yeah, it was awesome.
2: Rob, you got any thoughts on the main event?
3: Yeah. uh, It was – they went almost 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, And it was a more kind of old-school kind of feel to it. You know, as far as like, you know, building and then, you know, Roman bailed out of the ring and then Roman Roman got on the mic, you know, halfway through and. And, like and, you know, I said Austin Theory was not on the table and that turned out to be wrong, but that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he ran out yeah. there and just got knocked the fuck out.
2: <laughs> if they turn that into a thing. That every time he tries to cash in, somebody takes his ass out. I am going to pop for it every time. I I was
4: asking you guys. They've never actually done that. And I think it's time. It's. Yeah. yeah, um, Let's just have one Bobo walk around for a year and not successfully cash this thing in. uh, And not even like. Yeah. Successfully cash it in. Never mind win the title shot. Like just have it, yeah, you idiot. You had this thing for a year and you didn't cash it in once. We're taking it. I mean, you, then you get. I mean, I don't really care about Austin Theory. I think he's a great hand and he whatever. But if he if he doesn't suddenly become a main eventer, I'm not going to be unhappy about it. If he suddenly does, I'm not going to be mad. Um, but yeah, that would be. I mean, you've done the. Obviously, you've done. I called my shot; it works. You've done. I called my shot; it doesn't work. You've obviously done fa- failed cash-ins. Uh, you've done uh, wrong like cash-ins that weren't quite legit, so you had to redo the whole match. Hi, Carmela. How you doing? Yeah. Um, you've done everything else. So, without getting super super wacky, you know that that's the next thing. And so far, it's been pretty goddamn funny watching this guy get
2: bulldozed every single time he walks into a golden opportunity to catch that thing in right and some outside the box thinking like that you know is definitely what wwe needs to kind of freshen things up one thing that i always wanted wwe to do and i don't know logistically how realistic this would be you've got the royal rumble and every year the royal rumble is usually 30 men in 30 women in 30 women out or 30 in 29 out in the winter Have we ever, and and I know the answer to this, have we ever had a Royal Rumble where all three participants, or all 30 participants, make it to the ring and nobody gets eliminated until the 30th man comes out?
5: That is just,
4: you're you're begging for a cluster.
2: (laughs) I I, I know, I know it's absolutely logistically ridiculous, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious if one year nobody got eliminated until number 30 came out.
3: I think the closest... The closest they've had to that was at that Greatest Royal Rumble, Battle Royal. Right. Where at one point, like, it looked like there were 30 people in there at the same they, time. They, and- I want to say they
4: got up to like 15 or 13, somewhere around oh, there. Where it was just although like, that okay, does harken
2: back on. to WCW's World War Three, oh, where they had three... Just, ra- what a cluster F that was. That,
3: that was shit.
2: <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> absolutely terrible i'm still pissed that i paid money for that pay-per-view
3: oh man cause- i
2: still feel like
4: you can tweak the rules to that thing and and it would work but um, there's just way too much floor space no one's going to give up that many seats yeah, right
3: and um and it's uh yeah that- that that match was shit every year well uh, yeah because the
4: problem with that is like it kept moving like like well one ring would get eliminated or like okay you can't use that ring anymore as i yeah ring. well yeah you, it did. You yeah
3: got, you gotta throw them to the second ring first and then you gotta throw them to the third ring and then the third ring is where you get eliminated yeah
2: yeah uh, see i don't know absolutely kind did get talk about overbooked anyway we got off topic there yeah. um Real quick, just going to mention the the aftermatch shenanigans, which I don't think, I think we've well established we're never meant to make TV time, Uh, you know, singing, you know, American Pie, uh, you know, we don't even need to go into it.
3: That was just. Yeah,
4: honestly, you end up, because, yeah, that was supposed to be some alternate universe, never happened stuff as they treat, you know, dark match stuff. It matters if we show it to you on TV. If we don't show it to you on TV, it never happened. Yeah. That was never.
5: Well, fun. I guess
2: the significance of the song was that the Gypsy King sings that after all of his fights. Yes. And I did not realize that until the other somebody tweeted it. They're like, Yeah, he does that after all of his matches. Yeah. So is uh, yeah, Tyson World Fury's World. known for doing that. And you know, again, they were trying to pop the hometown crowd because they knew what they they and you seen the you saw the looks on everybody's faces when Drew lost. Like they turned yeah. out to the crowd. That crowd was hot. That crowd was oh. pissed off. And they knew they were gonna be. So they're like, we gotta have some kind of send them home, feel good, you know, send them home happy moment, and that was it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was just kind of
4: the boos were not as vociferous as I thought they would be. Yeah, there yeah. were definitely boo boo faces in the crowd, but as I mentioned a few shows ago, based on the reaction he got the with the first post pandemic UK tour, I was like, they're not going to be upset if Roman wins. They're going to be just be
3: bummed that drew lost right well because well because that's true well it was still it was the finish it was a sense it was a sensical finish i think that helped like it wasn't you know lex luger with uh, a shaving cut on his forehead and then they stopped the match for blood and then baltimore just completely just just you know was chanting bullshit, bullshit Right. right. And um and you know, Tony and Jim Ross had to wait to get out of the building. Right. <laughs> um well I mean as long as you as long as you don't do something like that, where people are just like, oh what the fuck was that? Right. I mean mm-hmm. people will be I mean they'll be disappointed, yes. Um but yeah, as long as you don't do some asinine finish like that. Um and as long as you're not like in the ECW arena or something, right?
2: <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs>
3: Or you're not in Puerto Rico or someplace where they're known to, you know, where you know the, the old were where you know Ric Flair dropped the title because the, the right. crowd was so, you know, out for blood. He was like, "Fuck this."
5: Yeah, <laughs>
2: like, you take it and you can give it back yeah. to me in the back, and I'll sneak <laughs> right. out of the country unnoticed. Right. It,
3: it wasn't it wasn't that type of deal, so right. Um. So, yeah. But um. Yeah. Just next time, you know, cut the cameras off before you do that. You
5: know. I,
2: I'll say it. That shit wouldn't have happened on Vince's watch.
3: No, huh. no, no, and, that, and yeah,
2: so
3: <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they wouldn't. Have, I mean, because he would have murdered the, whoever didn't cut the camera off. Would have, you know? Oh, would have
2: put, could you, put, you put, imagine if Vince was watching that at home live? What Vince? Uh, picture this: Vince is on his couch with his feet up, with a beer in hand, and he's watching that shit at the end. Could you imagine <laughs> how shoot hot he got? <laughs>
5: Oh, <laughs> I,
2: I can only imagine the language that was coming out of that man's mouth in that minute.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, y'all, Hunter, you got to work on that, brother. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got to work on the production, Bubba. <laughs> you you got you to work on that. Um, but otherwise, I mean, excellent show on Saturday.
2: Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a little commercial break here? When we come back from the break, there is a lot of AEW stuff to talk. AEW in the mud for all the wrong reasons over the last three days. <sighs> We are going to sift through the rubble, try and make some sense of it, and probably make a lot of fun. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. We'll be back after this. All right, and we are back. and We are not going to sit here and take this fucking shit. Nope. AEW. No way. AEW, man, have they had a rough 72 hours or what? They had a big pay-per-view Sunday night. Was it all out, right? Sick
1: of being upsold at gyms? (laughs)
0: Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
2: And I just... Yes.
0: They they, they had the marquee
2: match with CM Punk versus Mox for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. They, for my money, they fucked it 10 days earlier when they had that bullshit match that was a squash that happened live while we were recording this show. Yeah. Um, I, I just... God, uh, Rob, get, get into this a little bit, because it's so hard to sift through the rubble here as far as what happened.
3: Okay, so uh, before we get to the dramatic stuff, all right, just about the card itself. All right, they, with like a couple of weeks left, they only had like four matches announced out of 15. Um, they didn't announce the main event until last week. You know and, and to set that up they had the you know they had the match before that to set it up where you know punk's foot gave out and mox effectively squashed him and then so last week you know they both cut these promos and punk's old trainer gave him this pep talk and dropped the f-bomb on tv
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, and all of that so that then that you know that got punk hyped up to <clears throat> You know, to, to to step back in there. Because cause, well, cause Mox said the open challenge, you know, whoever wants them, whatever. And so, yeah. Um. So they were very slow setting up this card, you know, and building to these matches. I mean, these ma- a lot of these matches were set up at the last minute, literally. Um. And so it was it was kind of a mess going in, you know, before anything even happened. Then um, you had some questionable booking decisions, really. Um, the One of the few matches that they put some time into building was Jade versus Athena. I mean, they built that for like a few months. Like they, they put some real effort into building that match, to their credit, on that end. And then they gave them four and a half minutes.
2: Garbage.
3: And Athena is like, if there's somebody on the roster where you could actually have beat Jade and everybody would be okay with it, It was her and jade and Athena can go 10 15 no sweat right and so if you want i mean at the very she could have beaten jade and people would have been fine with it or they could have just had like a a down to the wire you know and like you know and they could she could have gotten 10 good minutes out of jade and i think so I mean, no, you yeah. don't want. I mean, you don't want Jade going twenty minutes still. But I mean, with Athena, they could have gone. They they could have given you a good ten to twelve minutes, and they gave him four and a half on the show. Tony where you Khan just,
2: does not care about women's wrestling on a He show has where one woman's wrestler that he likes, and that's it. And on a show where you had fifteen matches,
3: where you could very easily have dumped four or five matches and given you know. They gave them four and a half minutes after three months of build, okay, and that's just ridiculous.
2: They could have gotten rid of that Sammy Guevara Conte match.
3: Yeah, and we'll. Would, get to would that. have
2: saved Ruby Ruby Riot's ass. Yeah,
3: yeah. And um, then uh, there was another match between uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Starks, Ricky Starks, and that had a story to it. Hobbs turned on Starks, and you know, and so they had you know betrayal and a uh, whole beef and everything over the betrayal. They have the match on the pay-per-view, and they gave him five minutes.
2: Disgusting. Tony Khan cannot book pro wrestling.
3: And then, oh, but wait, there's more.
2: Oh, there's more. The Shamwell Mm -hmm. guy is back.
3: Yeah, all right, so you had had, uh, Jungle Boy and Christian, another one. That was one of the other matches that they had built to, okay, that they actually did put some time and effort into. So um, Luchasaurus betrays Jungle Boy, beats the crap out of him, throws him in the ring. Ref asks him, well, can you go? He says, yeah, I can go. Christian pins him in 30 seconds. <laughs>
5: God.
2: Christian's eh, K- collecting a check, man. I respect the hustle. Oh, uh, no. I, 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 I got no when, when did they hire Vince
3: Russo, is what I want to know. Well, that's exactly what this, yeah. I mean, and so that's three matches right there where, and, and three matches that they put time and effort
2: to build. Like, how do you? And I you got that, less than 10 collective minutes. Yes. Over all three matches, and it makes. I mean, what in the
3: hell? I mean, like seriously, what what on earth? I mean, what are we doing here? Um, you know, and then short it, women's
4: matches get are actually the worst thing ever to ever happen to
3: wrestling when they happen on the other side of the street. Right, and and look and I I criticize when when WWE books those two minute women's matches for TV. You know, I look. I criticize them for that. Yep. But here, here, this was again a match, a title match with a three-month build, with two of with two of your you know best and most interesting women on the roster. A match where your undefeated champion could actually lose, and people would have accepted it. And you give them four and a half minutes.
5: Well, of course you got also, people like
2: dave Meltzer who will go out here and do a podcast think piece on trying to defend the logic of not booking the women Well, you're trying Luke, to put people on tv that draw and if the women don't draw you you can't put them on t- shut the fuck up why don't you give them some time introduce them to people oh let people find out who they are and maybe they will draw and Luke- didn't t- tony said the t- the quiet part
4: out loud a couple of days ago oh yeah yeah like when Because Thunder Rosa had to give up the... We were watching. Thunder Rosa had to give up the title because she's hurt. And it didn't... It, she did not get the CM Punk full entrance. Let's talk to the crowd. Let's cry. Let's laugh. Let's... Okay, I'm going to put the belt down. And oh, my God. No! She was interviewed backstage, and it was over in three minutes.
2: Yeah. And it's, she just much, she literally it's like a walk-up and like, uh, who do I give this to? You know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And um and let me just say... um. Because he, uh, he compared, he said, well, you know eight minutes of Thunder Rosa wouldn't draw the same number as eight minutes of CM Punk. Okay, that is not, that, that's a totally unfair comparison, okay? It's that's factual, like saying, but it's apples to oranges. But that's like saying, well, okay, well, we won't, you know, eight minutes of even Becky or Bianca doing a promo wouldn't draw the same number as eight minutes of Roman Reigns. No, it wouldn't, okay? Nobody, you know, nobody cutting a promo in eight minutes does what Roman Reigns would do. So you, you don't, you throw out the comparison. You don't make that comparison, right? You don't, you mm-hmm. don't make the comparison to Thunder Rosa. See him. That's not fair.
2: Well, this is also the guy that thinks he's in competition with a TV show. That's on a completely different night from his. So right. you can't, you can't exactly, you know, expect logic and reason from Tony Khan. Right.
3: But that's a totally unfair comparison, right? Um, to, 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 to you know, compare what any, you know, I mean, CM Punk is their biggest star. We're going to get to that later. The same way Roman Reigns is WWE's biggest star. You don't compare anybody to him. He's in a totally different orbit. So if you're going to compare somebody to him, it's completely disingenuous and unfair to that person because it's, it's just wrong. Right? Yeah. Um, and so now the other women's match did get 14 minutes. It was like a four-way match and Tony Storm won. But, you know, I mean... That was the right call. That was the right call, it but you know this is uh, giving I, it
2: back. Putting putting it back on Britt Baker was way too obvious. And right. Tony Storm pops the marks.
3: And Rob, but I, I, how I,
2: long
4: was the how long was the interim title match again?
3: Um, it was at fourteen minutes.
4: Rob, so fourteen minutes, four minutes. That is coming dangerously close to 20 minutes of women's wrestling on a 15 card paper, a 15 match pay-per-view. Was, we can't have that over here at All Boys Wrestling.
3: <laughs> no. Um uh, no. And it's just, I mean, 20 minutes, Jesus. What do you think and, this is? And I mean, it, it yeah, it's ridiculous. And but so we haven't even got to the, so that that's you know, that's like the first half of the mess. Then now now the, the the one match result I do get a chuckle out of was Chris Jericho beating Brian Danielson.
2: Why the <laughs> hell in 2022 is Chris Jericho going over on Brian Danielson? That's the Who I kiss, booked
3: that shit? That's, that's the I I kissed my boss's ass really good. <laughs>
2: and boy, in the post media scrum, did he. <laughs> We oh, want man. to talk about calling somebody a bootlicker, but uh, you know what? Again, you got to respect the hustle because Chris Jericho gets to book his own shit, call his own shots, go be a rock star. Like right now, Chris Jericho is living Chris Jericho's best life, and, and, he was, and I can't, I gonna, like you said, I respect the hustle. Yeah,
4: and yeah, I was about- gonna say I can't get too mad about it because he's I, just hey Tony Khan. Con-
2: Tony Khan is the best boss I've ever. given shut the fucking <laughs> front door. <laughs> <laughs> you, we got- God, get the leather off your tongue. We pop every single
4: time that Cody Rhodes out-carnies somebody. So fair is fair, Chris Jericho. He found his money, Mark, and he's just living yep. the high life into, into retirement. Bravo. Yep. Bravo.
2: Yeah, like I <laughs> said, I respect the hustle, man. But, God, just to listen to him out there, Dominique Khan is the best boss. I sure, God, it makes you want to gag just
3: listening to it. Oh No, the best part was when he was at the media scrum and he was saying he was talking about his last match at the ECW arena and He was like, yeah, if you look at if you freeze the, the picture at this part of the match You can look out in the crowd and there was tony. He
1: was there Oh my god His oh, daddy bought <laughs> him a ticket?
3: Yes yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god I mean, look, this was some all-time performance art I
2: mean, that god. It was hilarious Chris Jericho is a <laughs> fantastic <laughs> professional wrestler he is. he is head and shoulders oh, yeah. above the rest of the crowd, man. Oh, what a party. Uh, it, I mean, yep.
3: it Just It was hilarious to hear him say that. And, <laughs> and then Tony was like, yeah, that was me. I was there, and I had a sign that said Chris Jericho is the best. <laughs> oh,
2: God, what a circle jerk party. Uh, oh, You scratch my back. I'll scratch yours, Chris. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it's, I mean,
3: yeah, I mean. When 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 Jericho does the media scrums, it's just the most hilarious stuff. And it is. I mean, because he has Tony wrapped around his finger, he does. Tony's just like A lot all, of them do. I mean, but, but Chris is just it, it's 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 funny to, to see. It's
2: next level with Jericho, though,
3: and it's it is. hilarious. I mean, it's it's. I mean, because look, he gets to come out there every week and do basically self indulgent, you know, performance art for ten minutes every week, <laughs> and. I
2: mean, Hey, yeah. I'm not mad about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's just funny.
2: Like I said, co- collect that check, pal. Like to, it is, it's is—it's hilarious to, to watch it just unfold. And, and Tony's seemingly either unaware or just blissfully ignorant yeah, of, right. of what exactly is going on around him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more because the 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 inmates have completely taken over the assignment, uh, asylum at AEW. Yeah. Um. You know, let's let's fast forward here a little bit I don't think yeah. we need to go into Because the one thing that I have not heard And, and we're going to get into all the the postcard shenanigans You know, after everything happened The media scrum with CM Punk and Tony Khan And I should just say CM Punk Because I think Tony Khan in 20 minutes of, of media scrum Got about a minute and a half worth of words in edgewise yeah. um, The one thing that I have not heard And I, I know a lot of people in my little sphere watched it I have not heard one person say anything about how good the card was or how good any of the matches were. I've heard a lot of shit talking about this match only got four and a half minutes. That match only got five minutes. Jungle Boy lost in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I, I have not heard one mm-hmm. word as to whether or not CM Punk and John Moxley had a good match. I uh, have not heard any single thing about any match on that card being good. And and that's a tell. You know, You like we came out of... Um and maybe this is just who i've because i filtered out my twitter timeline man i like i i've gone went on a block and you know everything spree about six or eight months ago so maybe i've just weeded out the garbage but out of after clash of the castle and um worlds collide all i heard was man that match was a banger man this match kicked us yeah there was some blowback about the sing-along at the end and you know the fact that you know choosing to have all three uk boys take the l in a uk Your first UK pay-per-view in, what, 30 years certainly was a creative decision. Um, So there was some blowback on that. But largely it was everybody talking about how good the matches were, how good the cards were. I have not heard a single thing from anyone about how good All Out was. So I don't even know if it was a good show that just unfortunately was overshadowed by a bunch of ridiculous nonsense post-show or whether or not it was a shit show and it just completely fell apart afterwards. I have no
5: clue.
3: I mean I've read a couple of reviews, and <clears throat> you know some of the matches got you know four stars, whatever uh, but I mean, but then again you had a bunch of questionable decisions um then the the trio's title thing was basically i mean it was basically a vanity project for Kenny and the bucks, mm-hmm. which. of course... Which of course, went that that blew up in their faces, now didn't it?
2: <laughs> oh boy, did it! <laughs> um, as we another. get to the final segment of this podcast,
3: yeah. Um, so and then yeah, I mean the rest of the card was what it was, you know. And then Punk wins the title, and then so now let's get let's get to the fun stuff.
2: Yeah, let's get to the good well, shit. Now, now I, we gotta dig in. We gotta dig our hands into the mud here a little bit. Let's not, get right into that that media scrub well, of CM Punk and Tony well, Kong. Hang on, I want to back up just a little bit and just recap
4: recap the fact that, okay, they decided to do the the match early at All Out, or excuse me, on Dynamite for a week early for no goddamn reason at all. uh, Well, and we found out what the actual reason was. Mox won the title in an absolute squash. Just so, like, young whippersnapper up-and-comer CM Punk can cut his, you know, promo about being the Chicago kid, and I'm gonna go win it in Chicago. And you know, you can't. It, it just. They tried to. They tried to do Rocky three like, only they they should have taken. Rocky III is like what two hour movie. They tried to tell that that story in like 15 minutes of movie time.
5: Yeah.
2: So yeah, it just kind of <laughs> fell flat. Never mind all the other stuff that happened afterwards show some balls tk have the hometown boy take the pin come on i mean it's okay seriously show some grapefruits bud yeah show some grapefruits anyway let's talk about that 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 media scrum huh oh boy because my god i listened to it on the way home from work because i just i was busy this weekend and i i having to sit there and watch tony khan for more than five minutes just nauseates me and CM Punk is on a different level anyway with me these days. So the, they put the two of them together, and I had zero interest, but in the interest of talking about it on the podcast, went ahead and listened to it, and boy, Punk uh, Punk showed up and showed out.
5: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Probably didn't win any favors, didn't win any friends. I don't think he's too worried about it. Um, the interesting part of the whole thing was the way he talked to Tony Khan various parts during the way he just took control over the whole thing and the look on tony's face he's sitting there like hi this is my hi this is mine can i can i sir can i talk can, can sir when do i get to talk like he literally has this this look on his face like you know dad, dad can i talk now dad can I? and see <laughs> Punk just completely from the from the giddy up took control of the whole thing and some of this like at one point he's like you know i'm trying to run a i'm trying to run a fucking company here if I were sitting in a meeting with my boss and there were other people in there asking her questions, and I looked at her and said, No, I'm trying to run a fucking company and then went and took over, buddy, she would have escorted me to the door after several acts of violence. Okay. I would be updating my resume tonight if I pulled that kind of shit. And Tony Khan's just sitting there like, Yes, sir, yes, sir. You look like a whip dog. He really um. did. I mean, it was like because the... he's he's in
4: over his head he flat, he was so excited he was man he was in wCW 1997 1998 just glory days everything's rocking and rolling we got this young up encounter and then someone just hit him in the back of the head with a pipe bomb and said nope we're back we're at 2001 wCW real fast
2: yeah So, Rob, were there any takeaways from the, the from the media scrum that you had Okay, well, first of all, um, just the, the the burial of Colt Cabana. My God, I mean, <clears throat> that, that Colt Cabana story. I'm sorry, go ahead, Rob. I'll, I got some more, to um, go on that, but go ahead. Because
3: I mean, I because some of the stuff Punk said later, I agree with, particularly about the EVPs. But everything he said about Colt Cabana was just out of line, and there's no need to bring it up.
5: Yeah. I mean,
3: other than because because all right, well, he his bigger point was basically was that. There are a bunch of people saying that. You know, insinuating that I tried to get Coco Banner fired and that, and that that I got him moved off of, you know, from AEW over to Ring of Honor. And basically I had nothing to do with that. That's a, that was the point he was trying to make. Yeah. But he basically, he's been sitting on, I don't know, for however many years, he'd been waiting to say all that stuff about Coco Banner. Yeah. And... So he finally got his chance, and he and he said a bunch of shit he did not need to say, and he didn't need to talk about the law, so he didn't need to talk about the fact that the guy, you know, he, he shares, a, we found out he shares a bank account with his mother.
2: Like, why is that even relevant? Like, <laughs> well, even if it's true, like, well, well, and and I listen to CM Punk, and I listen to his side of things, and and granted, there's always, there's three sides to this story. There's Punk side, Cabana's side, and somewhere in the middle is the absolute truth yeah. as to what happened with those two guys, but why is any of that relevant? Like, I get, okay, maybe if there were false things said about you, which is what he's really pissed off about. Like, he really thinks, feels like he was attacked by the media because somebody leaked some shit to the media, which he, again, attributed to the EVPs of the company. Like, somebody there leaked out some shit, and the media ran with it. You know, CM Punk treated Colt Cabana like shit. And so, so he absolutely retaliated. And if there's any truth to any of the things that he said, okay, you got a re- legit reason to be hot. But is that something that you really need to bring up at a post-media scrum for a company when you're trying to, as in your own words, and <clears throat> build this company. Like, shouldn't you talk about the card, the match, the moving, where do we go from here? No. He used that as another forum to sit here and air his personal laundry, and, and he just can't help himself. He cannot. He gets on a live mic, and he just... I, God, I think I. I'm sorry. He so, set that company back two years Sunday night. Two years might might be generous,
4: but the I think the it's what'd you expect? Like, but also at this point, yeah. But imagine it's the same thing as if like at the end of Clash of the Castle, Roman gets up there instead of the all time wonderful spot of making that Alex guy acknowledge him, and then he just walks out with the belts. That was amazing. Um, But imagine he just was like, yeah, I won the title. And did I ever tell you guys that uh, uh, Mojo Rawley owes me 60 bucks? Like, that fucking guy, he gave me, I gave him $60 of my own money and blah, 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 blah. Like, why the hell are you talking about Mojo Rawley right now, dude? You just won the title in an absolute banger of a match against your current greatest rival. Like... Talk about that. Why are you telling right. us all this dirty laundry? Right. But it's the exact – it's just – and and if Hunter, if
2: Hunter was right next to him, would be like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Get what? It, like, focus, buddy. Yeah. Now, let's let's bring the shit back in. But Tony didn't do that. Tony just – and not that Punk was giving him the opportunity to even talk. Like every time Tony would have, you, you sit down, sir. I'm talking was pretty much the attitude that Punk had throughout the whole thing. Um, there were definitely some things that Punk said. I made some notes here, and I'm gonna go down the list of things that uh, you know Punk did that that I, you know, kind of disagreed with. One of them was cutting Tony off. Tony's the boss of the fucking company, pal, and he's got problems within his company. The last thing he needs is his top star making him look like an even bigger pussy than he already looks like. Okay, so uh, Tony at some point should have like stepped up and took took control of the whole thing. Another thing that he said, again, the Colt Cabana stuff was completely unnecessary. Another one, and and I'm going to go into this one for a minute, and then Rob, I know you've got some stuff to say. He made a comment when he was talking about him and Moxley and how they're, they're cut from the same cloth. And again, because CM Punk can't help but... Remind everybody that he used to work for WWE and, you know, WWE never gave him the chance, and never got behind him. You know, he, he he made the comment, you know, Mox and I all have the same kind of, we had the same experience over there. You know, always the bridesmaid maiden, never the bride. Fuck are you talking about, buddy?
0: Two episodes well, ago, I
2: went at great length, and I'm not going to repeat it, all the, all the atrocities that WWE laid on CM Punk. You know, I, I, and I don't even need to go into that. But for him, he's so delusional. Like, if there's any cloth that he and Moxley at this point are cut from, it's so they're both delusional as to exactly how bad their WWE career actually was. For Mox, his biggest complaint was he didn't get to bleed, he didn't get to cuss, and Brock Lesnar wouldn't do the you know the the Mud Show Outlaw shit, you know. And so I'm out of here, and I'm going to go to you know to Wednesday nights, and I get to say fuck on live TV and bleed all over the place after I take an arm drag. So you know, I mean, for CM Punk, it's even worse. Because this dude reached the ceiling much higher than Moxley did. You know, much higher. And that's not even debatable. So for well, him to still. Just to,
4: not to rehash the whole episode last night, but for any new viewers, how long was CM Punk in WWE? Eight years? Um... Okay. Forget <clears throat> everything else. If you were there for eight years, I don't care if you have zero other accomplishments. If you were WWE champion for 443 days, you are a smash success. Yeah. Period. End of story.
3: Yes.
2: And the machine, they didn't get behind you. And I'm not, I'm John not, I am not did not even mention, yeah, I didn't even mention everything else. On yeah, I'm that not going to go down the list of things yeah. that they did to try and get behind him, to try and make him the bride I think the problem is at the end of the day, the fans didn't want him as the bride, and that's the side of the story that nobody will ever tell. Because it's a sports entertainment company, they wanted John Cena, they didn't want right. him. They didn't and, want and a wrestler. CM Punk is an excellent professional wrestler. You know, I'm, if I if I strip if I if I separate the identities, I'm still a fan of CM Punk. I always have been. I can go back and watch his matches and say, "Yeah, that was as badass as I remember it being ten years ago." But then Phil Brooks opens his mouth, and he fucks oh. it up for me. And Rob, I know oh, I yeah. keep stepping I... over you, buddy. You're, you're sitting here, you're drooling, you're salivating, you got something to <laughs> say <save you> before, <laughs> bud.
3: Um, like this is one of the rare times where I'm not really mad at him because he's right about the he's right about the EVPs. They're a bunch of clowns and, you know, and he's, he's completely right about that. He's completely right about people not listening to the older guys because, I mean, the older, the older guys have all been saying this from Billy Gunn to Arn Anderson to, you know, um, but you know, they've all been saying that, Hey, you know, we try to talk to these, to the kids and they don't listen to us. So Mm -hmm. he's right about, he's right about that. Um, you know the coke, like I said, the coke band stuff was out of line. Shouldn't have said any of that. Um, and now of course he he was dead wrong to talk over Tony and all that. That was just ludicrous.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And um, I think well, and I've said this in, a couple times. That, I mean, I think what's happening here, well. You know, these, these reports about, oh, the atmosphere has been poisoned since he got here and all that. No, nah, nah, nah. I really think that's people trying to just to dump shit on him. That There's a bunch of shit that needed to be done better there. It had absolutely nothing to do with him.
2: There were problems in AEW that we've talked about on this show well before CM Punk ever put ink to a contract.
3: And so, and right now, I think it feels like to me, like, some people are basically trying to to dump everything that they possibly can on him because he's easy to do that with that being said you know i mean you you bring the shit on yourself brother i mean
2: that's the thing when you're the top guy look at how much shit john cena ate and still eats on the internet you know john cena you know buried this one john cena is the reason nexus never got over john cena john cena took all the bullets pal you want to be the top guy you got to take the bullets you gotta yeah. be, and you can't have a meltdown at the media scrum every time somebody t- asks you the hard questions. And this yeah. is why CM Punk was never cut from that kind of cloth. He just was never meant for that spot because he can't fucking take it. It's not that he's not capable as a worker, <clears throat> it's not that he's not capable as a personality uh, on TV, he's not capable as a human being. Of handling the pressure that goes along with that, and I don't Uh, know what he thought he was getting into with AEW.
3: Let me just uh, say this. Um, Uh, Sorry. Okay, you got history with Colt Cabana. Yeah, you know what? If some shit happens with Colt Cabana, people are gonna be looking at you. Yeah. Whether whether you had something to do with it or not.
5: Sorry, man. And you
3: you know what? You just got to eat it. Okay. All I mean, I mean, if now if you want to come out and say that, hey, that's not true okay, fine. Yes. You know what? Yeah. You, okay. But that comes with territory. You you chose to go to a company to work where coca Cabana is, is there. Everybody know y'all got beef. And whether they preemptively moved him because, you know, they did just avoid any problems or what. Look, that I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, Is um, it
2: entirely possible that, you know, Punk looked at Tony and said, I ain't working with this fucking guy?
3: Well, well, according to him, he did nothing. And uh,
2: of course, of course, according to him well, and which
3: it, which it, anyway, honestly the, the the kind of the the dots you can connect look like they they moved Colt Cabana, and look, I'm not uh, we're, that guy has burned all credibility whatsoever. I'm not giving him
4: one percent of any benefit of the doubt at all. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, what the sheet said is true. Col- Punk said, "Nope, move that guy," and he got moved. Sorry. Smoke, smoke, fire, baby.
5: Yeah, you know what?
4: I think now's the time. Now's the time. DJ, you're recording, so to record. Of course, you're recording, but I mean the video. So we're just gonna take a little walk. Now, I I can't get away all the way around my house, but I, so I'm just gonna go around the island. This is what they call a ye old victory lap, because if you go back, <laughs> if you go back a couple of weeks. There was a certain podcaster on this podcast who had a little meltdown about CM Punk. Never told a lie in that whole meltdown, Uh, but meltdown indeed, where he called some of these things. And he said, you know, this this guy has proven time and time again that he's just a bad dude. You're a bad dude. You're a bad friend. You're a bad person. The only person that I know who sticks who sticks by you is your wife. And by the way, she has become she has been a ghost in professional wrestling because she can't be around professional wrestling or any major promotion because you know why? She's gonna go out there and at the end of her six month you know quest for the title, and she's gonna go out there at WrestleMania or All Out or whatever, and she's gonna get out there, and you fucking idiots are all going. See you, CM Pop! CM Pop! So you you reap what you sow. You decide you were like, hey, this guy this this dog has bitten every single owner he has ever had. But you know what? I can get through to this dog, this forty-three year old washed up dog who can't get through two moves without looking like he needs an, an inhaler. You, you, so you, I am so pumped about this because, like, I'm not, I'm again, I'm, uh, at this point, I'm not rooting for them to fail, but I would be, I would, I would enjoy it at the same yeah. time. Um, but this is what you get with this guy you get into bed with him, and it's the same result every single time. And don't, and please, Stop it with the whole they're, they're, Oh, this is it He's going to come back to WWE
2: it, No, no. I, I don't want him back They don't want him back I think what's interesting about this whole CM Punk meltdown And 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 like Rob was saying just a minute ago I agree with some of the things he said There's some younger talent there that need to shut their mouths And listen to some of those veterans There are some people in there Maybe, maybe if you're, you know And I'm just throwing names out here I'm not accusing anybody of being the one that's not listening But if you're a Sammy Guevara or you know, a, a Darby Allin, or a Jungle Boy, or somebody like that, why wouldn't you listen to an Arne Anderson? Why wouldn't you listen to a Dean Malenko? My God, Jerry Lynn was a pioneer in the style that these guys love. Jerry Lynn is the guy you go talk to. Jerry Lynn tells you something, hey brother, why don't you do it this way? You by God listen to Jerry Lynn. You know, he's that guy. I and mean, I know a lot of these guys probably look at these guys, well, Jerry Lynn was never a big name. Dee Malenko was never a major name. Billy Gunn was never anything more than a tag team partner. Why should I listen to them? They didn't get over. Motherfucker, these guys were the guys that put the guys over that you think were over.
4: You know? and, then they, and then years later in their careers, they wrote the programs that put other guys over.
2: Exactly. So Ch- CM Punk's 1,000% right here. Shut your fucking mouths and listen to the guys who've been there. Maybe they weren't The Rock. Maybe they weren't Stone Cold. Maybe they weren't Bret Hart. But you know what? Those guys were the guys that made those guys look good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so, yes, absolutely. You lean on, like, WWE had, what was it? Scotty Tuhati was an NXT trainer for a while. Who was Scotty Tuhati beyond too cool? He was a job guy prior to that. But you bet your ass they were told you listen to this fucking guy because he knows what he's talking about. And and if there's none of that going on in AEW, that's a problem. But my question is, what the hell did CM Punk think he was getting into with AEW? Did he really think he was going to go there and it was going to be all roses and it was all this professionalism and he was going to get to work with all these great new guys? And then he gets in there and he finds out that, one, his entire gimmick is WWE bad. And now he's looking around going, well, shit, how can I work this gimmick when AEW is everything that I'm trying to convince people that WWE is? It's a fucking mess. Aside from some really good talent, which is the shame in this whole thing, it's a fucking mm-hmm. shit show over there.
3: Yeah, and and just getting back to the listen to the old guys, Billy Gunn's kids worked there, and he had some hand in training them, and those guys are good. Yeah, the, they better like, be. His two sons are good, so you can you can see if you work there, his two boys, his two sons are there, they're good,
2: and their dad is right there. Because I believe bro, as a shoot, if, Billy Gunn would whoop that ass if they weren't. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, if I'm a contracted professional
4: wrestler over there and I'm cutting my teeth, or it's my second contract, or whatever, whatever. I am following William Regal around like a puppy dog until that dad guy says,
2: listen, get the hell away from me. Yeah. yeah. When Regal says, okay, you're good to go, brother, then I'm done listening to Regal. Yeah. Exactly. Regal is a is a learning tree I wish I could have sat under when I was in the yeah. business. And that's just one guy. I know we crap on them a lot. They have a lot of talented people over there. They really do. They've got some great minds running the backstage area. You got Mark Henry back there. You got the big show back there. I mean, these are great guys to, you know, to pick nuggets of information off of. And you're not using, like, you have this incredible cachet of people. And you're not mining that for information. Yeah.
3: Right. And so with Punk, you know, he... Well, look, he he went over there because they paid him, All right? Because like Greg, you know our boss,
5: like like our boss,
3: like our boss Greg has said, you know, multiple times, WWE didn't make him; they made him an offer. Tony Khan tripled it, and so that's why he's there. He's there because they offered him three times as much money. So that's why he cannot
2: have gotten a return on that investment. Like I, I have to imagine the WWE without, because I don't know the particulars. I don't want to know. I don't care. I have to imagine that WWE at least made a seven figure a year offer. Uh, I have to believe that. It's CM Punk. There's value there. Yeah. Uh, and the return, and WWE would have done much more with him than AEW's ever done. And you can argue and debate with the wall on that one. Uh, if Tony Khan offered him triple of what WWE was offering, we're looking at potentially anywhere between 2 and $3 million a year, which yeah. is insane. I can't believe that he's returned on that investment in
0: 12 months.
3: Well, I um well when and- i do have some information there um but we haven't talked about we haven't haven't talked about the fight yet though
2: (laughs) no we'll talk about the fight that's what's actually rob since you brought it up why don't you bring us into the fight sir
3: okay so uh you know after the scrum after you know cm punk did his impression of you know bane saying do you feel in charge to tony khan um you know um he goes back to the locker room or whatever and some of the guys he was running his mouth about well came to see him
5: (laughs) (laughs)
2: and that includes all the evps the young bucks and and, uh kenny omega and it
3: looks like they brought some friends with them also um you know um brandon cutler who was like the bucks caddy basically and then um a couple other guys and then so punk had his guy um what's the guy's Ace steel and so big fight breaks out and the story well, keeps changing. Rob, you have
4: to back up. You have to back up a little bit because oh. in the press conference.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, Punk. We're tipped, still with Tony? If you want to talk to me, come. He tipped.
4: says you got a fucking problem with me. Then you come see me. So what he and then he finishes with Tony. He goes back into his locker room, locks the door. Well, no, uh, <laughs> Nick no. and Matt Jackson walk
1: up and go, and he doesn't answer. Okay. So now.
3: I'm going to defend yeah. him on that though. Do you know why? What? Do you, know, do you know I'm gonna defend him. Why? Because it was the Bucks. No, because you know, goodwill. He didn't mean that night. Yeah. I mean,
5: come on. You know. True. He, you know, but like, you
4: can't say you can't say that <laughs> and then <laughs> shit on a ton of people and not expect somebody to come knocking at your door. Well, well yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean. You.
2: <laughs> no. Did he? Think no. You no really, you really gonna, can't. <laughs> uh, like, come talk to me. You know, when I'm not old and tired and hurt.
4: Yeah, right. you know,
3: exactly. So never. Uh, but, um,
2: uh, <laughs> so I ain't defending him. Well, no, well, and
3: I'll say this. Okay. If. Now, if, if you come to my locker room and you got like five guys with you, I don't care what I said to you. If you come at me like that, then you know what? Um, Then we then, you know, whatever happens, happens.
4: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it would have been different if Nick and Matt just like knocked on the door and said, hey. Um, whatever. But in any case, so now that leads us to the Fallout. Uh, so we don't need to get into he said, she said, except for the fact that I think it's hilarious that Ace apparently, the biggest rumor going around is that Ace bit Kenny.
5: Yeah.
4: Right? Yeah. So that's hilarious. Um, I, I, no I'm still idea in shock that one
2: of the young Bucks actually sold a punch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wait, don't know if and- I can believe that. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and a like, of, they say,
2: man, sell because you want to, or sell because you have to. Yeah. Well, and I forget. So uh,
4: allegedly, Nat, Nat Matt, got Matt, the fuck out. Matt, you got knocked and, the fuck I, out. Nick was doing, but Nick must have been sitting there just like uh
2: tuning up the band, just waiting for a good opportunity, and it never came. Yeah. And so, suddenly, Nick turned into Smokey.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> exactly. it was. It was. It, and then. So they got yeah he, he got knocked out and then Ace allegedly bit Kenny and of course people were putting you know posting those pictures of Ace and he absolutely looks like somebody who would bite you. <laughs> he does. Oh, <he laughs>
2: does. That dude's got crazy eye.
3: Yeah, I mean he absolutely looks like somebody who would bite you if you got.
2: That bites. dude has bit. Yeah, that yeah. dude
4: has bit at least other people aside from Kenny Omega. Yeah.
2: He's a serial. He's a <laughs> serial biter. Yes. I
4: can't um, even say it. <laughs> to today, which we don't know who actually got suspended. No official word. There's no press releases. There's nothing because it's a privately owned you know, company. This is not the same as WWE. Allegedly, according to the sheets, everyone who's involved in the fight has been suspended except I have seen Punk couched as something different. Every single time I've seen someone report it, it's Everyone's suspended, like Kenny and Ace and these guys and these guys and the Bucks are all suspended. And Punk is going home because he's hurt, and he is in wherever he lives now. He was not right. in for the show. <clears throat> um, so a lot of things there. So they vacated because the the Bucks won the the Bucks and Kenny. The whole point of Kenny's big comeback was winning the trios titles with the Bucks, and they immediately had just vacated them tonight. So Tony started Dynamite with a pre-recorded message, because of course you cannot trust that co-cab with a live mic to get this message across. So they started with a pre-recorded message from Tony, where I believe it was four minutes long and he blinked twice. And so they vacated all the titles, all four belts. So the trio's title, the world championship. There is a tournament. I will not break down the bracket, but there is a tournament to crown a new world champion. I did not, because I was not listening, I did not hear the word interim, but for what it's worth,
2: no interim. No
4: interim. My wife just confirmed for me, no interim. Thank you, honey. I love you. So Alrighty. she's the world champion. Thank God.
2: At least somebody I, on this podcast watches.
4: <laughs> exactly. I, thank right. God
2: for M for paying attention.
4: Yeah. Thank you, M, for paying attention. Big pop to M. <laughs> So, and then I thought they were going to do the same thing with the tournament, with the Trios title, but no, they did the next best thing. Hey, let's take the two number one contenders, the guys who lost and the number one contenders, fight, and whoever wins, wins. So, Death Triangle fought best friends. Death Triangle is now the new Trios champion. So, that has already been taken care of. That's done. Now, we have the world title for a couple of weeks, and I'm fascinated to see what happens with Philip Seymour-Brooks. I am just fascinated. So, before we get... I just want to put my bet on the table. Before you guys get to your conjecture as to what... Because it's very suspicious that they still haven't said that punk... No one in the Sheets universe has said punk is suspended. They've deliberately worded their, their tweets and their messages to avoid saying that.
2: Well, God, they don't want to piss them off again for posting false information. What I want... What I... I just feel this in my jellies, dude. That dude,
4: the injury is, I will say it's legit. Just for the sake of not being a total a-hole. We'll say the injury is legit, but they might be milking it. Anyway, apparently he needs surgery, again, according to the sheets. So, take this with a salt shaker. So, he needs surgery. So, what's going to happen is that dude's just going to disappear. That dude is going to disappear for three, four, six months. He's going to pop up again. They're going to get him in a nothing feud—not a nothing feud, but just—they're just going to keep on trucking as if nothing happened, and they'll just quietly keep him away from the world title. Okay, I think that is what's going to happen because there's there. I I just don't see a world where TK has the balls to fire Ponca.
2: I said that in another chat. I was talking with some other people, and they're like, oh, yeah, I think they're going to fire him. And, you know, they were making a lot of valid points as to why they think that, you know, they'll just go ahead and – and I don't disagree with them. I I think that, you know, AEW needs to learn to stand on its own two feet. I think if CM Punk is that much of a problem backstage and you're ruffling – like, are you willing to risk losing a ton of people to preserve this one guy? Like, does he mean that much to you in your little Mark Hart to keep him – and potentially alienate a dozen more potential moneymakers down the road for a guy who literally has a small window to make you money? The answer to that question should be no. However, this is Tony Khan. My flag in the sand was he doesn't fire him.
3: Rob? Oh, oh well now the timeline is saying that Hangman Page is getting booed. So um, it, that, I don't um have a uh, yeah, I don't have the volume on, but that's what they're saying. That he hangman page is getting booed. With. Booed of course hangman, of course, had the kind of he and punk have beef. So if they're booing Hangman now, then that means these morons are siding with Punk. That's is great.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, wonderful.
3: Uh,
4: that's
2: that's their fan base, man. Let them have No, it.
4: but see, that's their fan base. And that's why they're they're they've been stuck in the same two million people or whatever million people rut. For three years, and uh, even Punk. I mean, Rob. Rob is going to have some data to to back it up here because there's data to conclude both there. It's probably not worth the effort, and you don't
3: know no, it might be in some areas. So, Rob, go ahead. Okay. That's and well, ultimately, that is the, the that is the big question: is he worth the trouble? Um, and we've seen this in sports and various forms of entertainment. You know, some member of the band is a complete asshole all the time. Some member of the team is an asshole. Um, and, you know, the question becomes, is it worth it? You know, are you know, <laughs> is, is what they bring to the table worth it? You know. And. That whatever the answer to that question is determines whether or not they get to stick around. So in Punk's case. Um, well, the answer is yes and no. All right, and I'll say no on the grounds that you know, the the delusion that they were going to somehow become as big as WWE or become big enough to threaten WWE, if that's the standard that you're measuring it by, then then no, he's not worth it because they obviously have not done that. Now, that being said, do they make more money with him there than they do without? The answer is yes. And that's where the conundrum comes in for Tony Khan because before he got there, their average pay per view did 115,000 buys on average. Okay. The four pay per views he's been on have averaged 170,000 buys. So you're talking over 50,000 buys difference. That's two and a half million dollars gross they get about half of that So that's 100 that's 1.25 million per pay-per-view which Greg means- demarco
2: made a good point about that though um because i was talking with him a little about a little bit you can attribute some of that to daniel bryan too though well sure but if i'm but if you're making the, but
3: yes you can but um if I'm if I'm CM Punk's lawyer and I'm not doing it, <laughs> okay.
5: well, yeah, obviously, yeah.
2: yeah. If you're if you're CM that. Punk and you're trying to build your brand, that's not the story you're telling. But and, and, but there there's some you know there's other things that need to be taken into consideration with those numbers. But go yeah, ahead, Rob.
3: But so I mean, there's a pretty stark difference, though. I mean, yeah, like we're not talking 115 versus 120. We're right. talking a fifty thousand buy difference. Even if Punk isn't responsible for all fifty thousand, I mean, he's at least responsible for half of it. Yeah. Um and just on four pay-per-views, they made enough extra money to pay off whatever his contract is. Um, so he's not really costing them anything. Um, and then if you look at the T V ratings, um again, and you know, as we always say the TV rating numbers are, you know, we you know we the usual caveats and disclaimers about Nielsen numbers. But when he's there, they've, they've gotten over a million viewers this year nine times. Eight of those were shows that he was on. They've only gotten a million viewers once without him, and that was the blood and guts match. Okay. Um, so there's a just uh, – when he's on, it's about right, him being on versus him not being there is about a, a, a 75,000 viewer difference which that's not huge, but it's not nothing. Um, and so, yeah. And a really telling thing was a couple of weeks ago, you know, they got over a million views. He was on there and then, you know, Kenny Omega and the bucks came out at the end to do their, you know, their self-indulgent, you know, circle jerk, six man tag, you imagine they lost like 200,000 people during that. Um, so if, and and plenty of people say the worst parts of the show is often when Kenny and the Bucks are out there. Um, we've heard that from plenty of people over, you know, over the past year or so. Um, I mean, that's been my... I've been
4: stamping my feet on that for yeah. two and a half years at this point. So the more less elite you have, unless they are just wrestling for less than 20 minutes, then you're great.
5: Yeah. yeah.
3: Um. So that's not nothing. And before he got there and granted, I mean, he got there right before Danielson. And I wouldn't even, I mean, I won't even count Adam Cole anymore. Cause they, you know, they, they've run Adam Cole into the dirt. Um, you know, they, they completely just wasted him, but
4: Adam Cole is just happy to be their guy now.
3: Uh, yeah. And, um, a really,
4: really, really good wrestler, but ha- really good. Happy to re- Happy to wrestle guy.
3: Yeah. And then, you know, and, um, You know, as as Jim Cornett says, they had to lose to the company mascot. I mean... (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) leave orange cassidy
4: alone okay, okay freshly uh, look, squeezed okay. is a beloved person okay. in the how, household okay no, don't let emily okay. hear you dirty talking uh, okay. t- shit talking him
3: i don't look i don't have. A, i don't mind orange cassidy i think he's fun it's just it's just it's funny to hear jim Cornette just go absolutely about him no honestly when you put it
2: when you put it that way it is pretty funny it's funny
3: and you know in, in context way. it's hilarious yeah oh, it <laughs> i mean that's all i mean no i actually do I, look i Think Orange Cassidy's fun, and I have no problem with him. But it, but, um, <laughs> and, but um, but um, but there. I mean, last year before they before they brought Danielson and Punk in there, I mean they really they had gotten kind of stagnant. They had run through everything there was to do. Um, and then you were looking at also, and then you know WWE is about to pick up momentum because the fans were coming back in the building last summer. You know, and, and they got and seeing them to come back for a month, and all of that. Um, they had to do something, and they had to do something to try and generate some more money because they had gotten, you know, they had been kind of flat. I mean, because the, the NXT moving off of Wednesday wasn't the big boom that it was. What? Well, well,
5: and, just, and, it should, sorry, and
3: just, you shouldn't have
5: just expected
4: contacts. Just it, provide the contacts there, Rob. I mean, that was right in the middle of. Edge came back out of the clear blue sky like a bolt of lightning. Well, yeah, right. but um, so, like,
3: but
2: um, no, I'm saying the, the wheels were turning
3: over in, you know, Stanford. Yeah, and, um, but now you, they were delusional if they thought all 600,000 people who watched NXT were going to start watching Dynamite on Wednesday. They were delusional if they thought that because that never happens. Um, so, I mean, they picked up a few people, they picked up maybe 100 or 200,000, you know which wasn't was less than they probably expected and they were kind of flat they need and they need they needed to do something which is why they offered punk you know three times what WWE did and and then he you know they are making more money with him than without so if you do fire him and it's justified uh it absolutely is but if you do fire him and you don't have somebody who's going to replace that what that he brings in, um, it could be a problem. And then and then look, the big elephant in the room, of course, is the, the TV contract renewal next year. Um, you know, um, the company
4: that's falling apart at the seams. And and look, cash.
3: And, and look and look and then and look and you you know that when the part of you know Tony Khan bringing Punk in part of that was at least having having another a name guy on your television show to make you more attractive for renewal or another contract or whatever um and if he's not there well then again as problematic as he is as big of a problem as he is if he is not there then that's one that's one guy that you know that people that some people outside your little bubble know who he is. That's the guy you now you can't present him to the network people and say, "See, we have this guy. He, he does this this and this. He's known from here and from here and here and here, blah blah blah." Um that's just another that throws another, you know, wrench in the works as far as your TV renewal next year possibly. Um so it's not that easy of a decision. To just say, okay, well, he, you know, he, like he, he, he went way too far. So he's out of here. It's not, it's not that easy a decision. Um, getting rid of him and keeping Kenny in the Bucks is not business wise. That's not the slam dunk that you know some people might think it is. And then also, look, they're doing a third party investigation of this, which means there's a real good chance that Kenny in the Bucks may be found to be just as guilty as he is. And if that's the case, right. then what do you do?
2: Well, that and that's exactly there, therein is the the whole that encapsulates everything. If somebody is found, you know, guilty of some type of criminal wrongdoing, what do you do? Like, if you're Tony, what do you do at that point? If you know three of five of your major stars are suddenly on the hook for some type of legal thing, you've got a problem and you know this just again goes back to leadership and what we've been saying from tony all along the time to be a money mark needs to end and it needed to end saturday night you've got real problems in your house the first thing that tony khan needs to do is sever all all ties to wwe you need to stop mentioning it your wrestlers need to stop mentioning it there is no war okay there is no competition if you want this company to survive and you owe it to the talent that's there to make that company successful, whether you keep Punk and he's part of that success, or you boot him out the door and you start from scratch, you owe it to the talent that's there that has invested themselves, some of them from day one, you know, and the ones that have hitched their wagons to you, you owe it to them to do something with this company beyond what you're doing and to take control of it. And uh, Vince's you know, whole motto was, his whole mantra, don't let the talent hold you hostage. There's some truth to that. You need to stop being everybody's buddy. Start being a boss. And it sucks, man. It does. Believe me, I'm a boss. And sometimes I have to have discussions with people that suck. They make you feel bad in the gut because you genuinely like this person. They're a nice person. They've got a family. They don't cause any waves at work, but they're not doing the job you need them to do. And you got to sit them down and you got to say, look, I need you to shape up or you're gone. It sucks. You know how you know how I can
4: tell you that Phil just took a massive dump on everything that is going on and he doesn't care about anyone in that company except himself. You know how I know I can tell you that? Uh, DJ, how long have we been uh, talking right now? What's our timer at? One hour and thirty forty minutes exactly. Why aren't we talking about MJF?
5: Because, like, that's
4: the biggest story that that company has right now, right? And it is, and it got a next chapter poised for a payoff at All Out because he won, he came out as the masked guy and won the casino battle royale, right? We're not talking about that, we're talking about Phil Brooks because because Again. he
2: made it about himself.
4: Because that dude is a virus. He like, made the whole a,
2: like he killed any momentum MJF would have had I, by made by that media scrum by taking control and making it about him. First first of all, I hate
4: the using the C word for to describe any sort of locker room person because it's inaccurate and it's offensive to a lot of people who have dealt with that in real life. And right. it's inaccurate. Because Punk is a virus because It doesn't stop with him. It spreads to other people and it creates this environment, this, you know, Mm -hmm. just awful environment that everyone doesn't like going to work if they have to work with
2: that dude. So, and it reaches reaches out to like, like he's out, like his attitude is out there. Baron Corbin posted something about it, what, two weeks ago? Did I share that with you guys? Yeah. I think so, yeah. As far as I'm aware, Baron Corbin never worked with him. Like CM Punk was gone before Baron Corbin ever entered the NXT program. Whether or not they met outside of WWE, I have no idea. I don't know Baron Corbin's history aside from he was a football player. Pre between football and WWE, I do not know his his history. But this guy's out there saying that, you know, the guy the guy is a problem.
3: Yeah. And um because well, well, like there was a name that was kind of crafted for AEW as kind of a pejorative, you know, all friends wrestling, yeah, and and it was, you know, basically it was kind of a dig on this kind of naive mentality that seemed to to exist that it would be like this utopia for for you know and and whatnot, um, and well, he definitely he well he he's one of a few people, I, I won't, I'm not going to put all the blame on him. Um, it's just, I'm gonna put the blame on Tony and because all friends wrestling is just, I think he actually believed that that all friends wrestling was a thing you could really do. Um, and you can't.
2: CM Punk told him loudly and proudly on Sunday night that you can't. Well, but he's got other, but I'll say this, any, you know, all friends wrestling
3: died when they started bringing in WWE people, right? Because those are people who have career, they have goals. They're not just happy to be there. They have aspirations. Um, And they've been in the shark tank, you know, and, yeah. and that's, and that's whether it's FTR or Miro or Andrade or Malachi or Brody or Christian or, you know, um, Matt Hardy, you know, all of those guys, they have goals and they have aspirations. They're not just happy to be there, right? So when you start introducing those people in your locker room, even even with the best of intentions, you know, it, it changes things. You know, because when they first started, you know, you had Mox and you had Jericho and you had the Elite, Wait, and then you had. I'm, all about, the I'm sorry, I've never noticed them do this. They just showed the. They just
4: showed. The card for excuse me, the little matchup card between Moxley and um, uh, Brian, hmm. six-time world champion versus nine. Oh no, wait, whatever they said, how many times they've been world champion? Oh wow! So they're including
2: seven-time their WWE tenure.
4: Seven-time world and three-time world champion John Moxley versus the winner of Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, and. Yeah, I did not hallucinate. Seven-time world champion versus uh, six-time world champion, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson.
5: Oh, Jesus.
3: Okay. Um,
5: there right,
3: he Yeah. Um, but, like, um, you know, you can't introduce all – like, you introduce people into your locker room who don't have the same mentality as the people you started with. Um, and – so if if you're in charge, you have to be cognizant of that. And yeah. you you just do. And because those those people who who you brought in, they're gonna have a different outlook on things. And
2: there there it, seems to be a, a a um clash as to what the company vision is. And I don't think everybody shares the company vision. Like you listen to CM Punk and that media scrum. At least the words coming out of his mouth say, I want to make this company better, I want to put butts in the seats, I want to make money, I want to entertain fans. That's what his mouth is saying. Whether he truly believes that in his heart or not, I'm not even going to debate. I don't believe it, but it's not up for debate. These are the words coming out of his mouth. I don't believe, like if you look at WWE, the mission is very, very plain. We're here to entertain the fans. Whether the fans believe that or not, again, is a discussion for another day. The mission is the same, and everybody that comes on board needs to agree with that mission. The fans come first. Whether the fans agree with the booking all the time or not, doesn't matter. We're putting on a show for the fans. And it just does not seem like that mission statement is the same in AEW. I don't know what the mission statement is beyond we're not WWE.
3: Um, Right. And then, like, just the way the matches are laid out. The matches are laid out. So many of the matches are laid out, like, just... Like, well, here we're gonna have fun doing what we want to do, and um, you know, I mean, a lot of you know, it's just a lot of, and again, if if you want to, the way the company started, if if you know, if that's what you want to do and you're willing to accept having a smaller audience and all that kind of stuff, then okay, fine, but. Obviously, that wasn't enough that wasn't acceptable for Tony because he went out and he brought in. He started bringing in these WWE people and you bring in those people, obviously, to increase your audience. Yeah. And the, again, those are people who have goals and aspirations. They came to your company. They're not just happy to be there. They came to your company because they were looking to make a better lot for themselves than the one they had in WWE. Yeah. So they have again, they got goals. They got aspirations. I is happy to be there. Well, and he's the exception, right? Because and... he's also on the road with his wife and his two best pals so
4: yeah, and getting yes. paid
3: the boatload for money, as I talk about every single week.
1: Oh, oh by yeah. the
4: way, drink that CM Punk thing, uh, Rob, uh, we did not mention our two favorite things that must be mentioned every time we mention CM Punk. Uh, Psycho Sid, how many WrestleMania main events? Two. How <laughs> many WrestleMania main events for Mr. CM Punk? Zero. And in a court of law, under oath, CM CM Punk told us that. Uh, excuse me, Phil Brooks told us that the CM in CM Punk, under penalty of perjury, the CM stands for. Chick, Chick Magnet, Magnet. Thank yes. you. I just wanted to get those fun fa- fun CM Punk facts, out for the audience. Please continue, no Mr. Rob.
3: Yes. So, so you brought in all these people who have, a, who just have, they have a different idea of what they're in your company for and you have to be the boss, you have to get control of that because otherwise you're gonna have, you've got competing agendas. Um, You have these people you brought in, pushed some of the original people off of television. Yep. Um, You gotta control that if you're the boss, you gotta get a handle on that because otherwise, you know, you're gonna have people who you got, you're gonna have pissed off people who aren't on television anymore. You gotta control that. because if you look at the show I mean like again a lot of those folks they started with got they got bumped because now you know you find every every week or at least every other week you know Andrade's on there and Miro and FTR like these guys are all on there at least every other week so
5: yeah.
3: I mean and you have to control that locker room right and then you know you bring in Punk Punk looks around and as much of an asshole as Punk is he Saw some aspects of what going on, what was going on there, as a bit of a clown show, and he's not one to be quiet about that.
2: No, and maybe he shouldn't. Yeah, no, you know, he, in in his defense, maybe he shouldn't. Maybe somebody, because if nobody else is going to say the thing to Tony, Punk will say it. Because what what's going to happen? You're going to fire me? You know, it's I'm just yeah. a phone call away from showing up on Monday nights. Yeah, you and know, uh, and so and and, and oh, look, Punk has all the cards in his hand. Where that is concerned, and that's (laughs) not anymore.
3: Well, if he if he survives this, if they if he survives this, then yeah, he does.
2: Yeah, you know what, and I, you know what, oh, one thing that Vince McMahon again, Vince McMahon does not turn away money. And if they were, and if Punk had taken the offer from WWE, Vince would have done everything he could to try and make as much money possible. Hunter will do the same thing. If, if the end result of this is CM Punk is unemployed, I still don't think they're going to do that. I don't think Tony Khan has the balls. If CM Punk does end up unemployed, and he so chooses, if he makes that call, he can be back on WWE programming the next day, provided his contract out lets him. Please let me lead off
4: the show if that happens, because I will take Paul Levesque, to task as much as I did, Tony Khan,
5: okay. that would be a horrendous. I don't think, I don't think we're ever
2: going to have that discussion.
5: Yeah, I
2: don't, we're not going to. I, I so- don't think we're going to have it, but realistically, Triple H would not turn that down. As Triple H could hate his guts, okay. And I always, I always refer back to the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior, at least from using online media and the early days of social media to air out his dirty laundry with WWE. The Ultimate Warrior was the CM Punk of the late nineteen nineties, early two thousands on the internet. He famously went on YouTube and made a bunch of videos ripping Hulk Hogan, ripping WWE, ripping Triple H. He had no, his website was nothing but WWE bashing. It was awful. It was it was disgusting. If that dude, if they can mend fences with that dude to try and make no. a buck. No, they made, they mended fences with that dude when he was
4: on like he wasn't on death's door. Obviously he died a few days later, but which is so friggin' freaky. Yeah. But like the dude, they weren't gonna book a progr- a world championship program for ultimate for ultimate warrior. So it is come. No, but it was a financial different.
2: gain for both of them because they entered into a legend deal with him so that the warrior and his family could make money off of his merchandising and WWE could share in a little oil of coin as well. He buried that hatchet. Yes. With no risk whatsoever, because if he gets up there and just uh, all of a sudden, live
4: mic, old man, just he looks like a crazy old man. See he him? was a crazy old man. He was a crazy young
2: man. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> he was absolute lunatic, the Ultimate Warrior was. Yeah. But they mended fences with that guy, and in a million years, if you had told me back in 2000, 2001, one day the Ultimate Warrior will be back in WWE. And I've been like, uh, buddy, have you read online? Have you watched his YouTube videos? Ultimate Warrior is never coming back. So, for the right amount of money, for all the right reasons, CM Punk potentially Triple H would take him back. But, like I said, I don't think we're ever going to have that discussion.
3: Let me say this. So,
2: so okay, was- the answer is that he
4: wouldn't, then, because you can say he would, but until it happens, I am going to pro- i am going to promise you that no, that phone call does not happen. Okay.
3: And let—let let me say this. All right, well. Punk, Punk wouldn't pull this shit on Vince, okay? Hell no!
2: could yeah, you imagine a media scrum with Punk and Vince? Like that would be fucking comedy gold. It, it would be the exact same as the t- with
4: it would be the exact same as the uh, All Out one with CM Punk playing the part of Tony Khan and Vince McMahon playing the part of CM Punk.
2: <laughs> and, Punk, you well, got yeah, anything well, you want to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, and or, 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 and this is the other thing,
3: Tony. Ditch these damn media things. I mean, oh, because begging for trouble. I mean, because well, they didn't they didn't get any trouble any trouble before because you know the the, the you know the wrestling journalists ask, you know, they allowed them, them softballs and most everybody there was happy to take the softball questions and then you know Jericho would do his suck up to the boss routine right and all of that but it's pl- but you were playing with fire and so you finally got somebody in there who don't give a fuck about no decorum right and <laughs> and here you go right um and and you were playing you was russian roulette and you finally got the bullet and you shouldn't do these things and if if you're not going to cuz if you're going to let the people just talk and talk and talk and yeah i mean You know, people say, well, WWE is too controlling, blah, blah, blah. There's a reason that they are, okay?
5: Yeah.
3: Because, and going back to the MJF thing even, right? That should have never gotten out in public. You should not have... He should not be out there basically doing shoot interviews about his his contract.
2: Yeah.
3: He should not be doing that. All right? Um, And you should shut that down real fast if he even thinks about doing that type of thing. And they just let him do it to the point where... You know they had a problem at the, the previous pay-per-view and where they basically sent him home for three months. You know, and because it became too much of a thing to handle.
5: Right.
3: Um you so no you mm-hmm. I mean <sighs> Yeah.
2: Tell you what we have probably milked this whole topic for more blood than we should have ever milked it for and then some why don't we why don't we call the go home there and let's let this simmer for a week. Let's see where we're at 7 days from now because I still think there's more story to be told here. I think there's more stuff to come out like I said this is still under a, an official like legal investigation right now. Yeah. So Hold we on. still don't we, have uh, all the answers. We just have a third
4: party investigator. It could be it could be just a private HR firm.
2: Let's uh, let's not either either way there's still more to come out. Right. Yeah, I just don't want to use the words like legal investigation. Yeah, but didn't uh didn't their legal like what's her name, Mega, didn't she witness this? Yeah. She did. She apparent, did again, according to Sean. Ross allegedly, so Mega witnessed the altercation. So there there's there's just definitely more gonna come out over the next week and we can pick that apart as it comes. But I think we've like I said, we've milked this for more than it was worth tonight. Let's call it there. Uh, I'm gonna go around the room here. Mr. rob sir, thank you very very much.
3: Uh, you're welcome, and it's always a pleasure to be here. And Charlotte, please, we miss you. Please come back.
2: <laughs> he got it in at the last possible second. He misses her so bad, man. His his queen has been on like a three-month honeymoon. Poor Rob.
5: <laughs> yep.
2: And Bucky's tag team partner, Jason Sir. Fun night tonight, man.
4: Awesome night. I do want to point out, you pointed out your Cody Rhodes shirt, but Rob and I are representing the other half of the equation of the, the honestly we're just repping the two smartest dudes in wrestling right now because rob and i are repping the big dog and you are obviously repping cody and right now with the with you look at philip philip seymour brooks and you looked at cody rhodes and you look at roman reigns and you just
2: all right two of you knew what you're doing and one of you just kind of yeah awesome. well, one of you thinks you know what you're doing yeah, yeah. exactly Anyway, this is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the guy with the award-winning beard, DJ. You can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we'll be back next week.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.